Hi, I'm Dr. Michelle Lapham, a.k.a. the Drunk Phytologist, and I use the pronoun she, her. I'm Ethan Lapham, a.k.a. Takoon363, and I use he, him. And I'm Christian Venetis, a.k.a. Action Economist, and I use he, him. And this is Natural 20. Natural 20 is a podcast that discusses the lore, history, and biology of Dungeons and Dragons, creatures, and monsters. Natural 20 is also an adult podcast featuring adult language. You have been warned. Science on that. I'm sorry, folks, we do not have gigantic fire breathing lizards on the planet. God, what is as far as I know. Yeah, we so, wasted all this time on a Jurassic Park concept with like a real dinosaur. It's boring. Where's my fire breathing flying monstrosities? Now, How do I recreate Dragon Riders of Pern and Dragonlance at the same time? Well, so there's this thing called plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, humans love the concept of dragons. Clearly. And so they name a lot of things in nature after dragons. There are dragon plants of all different kinds. Dragon fruits. Dragon Dragon fruits, dragon flowers, dragon Dragon insects, dragon flies, fish. Like you, any kind of animal you can think of, there's probably a dragon of that animal. Variant of it. And even not animals also. Very popular. Dragonstone. Yeah. Probably towns and place. You name it. Constellations, architecture, any, anything and everything. So, because that's way too much, what we're going to focus on today is real big lizards, which exist. And the women who love them. And the women who <laughs> love them. It's very bad. It me. Um, that's all and, say and also, specifically, <laughs> lizards that look like dragons slash named after dragons. Just to get a little bit more more specific. Sure. Komodo. Yes. Bearded. So, one, very common, bearded dragon. Bearded dragons uh, live in desert woodlands and savannah in Australia and are now a popular pet. Why? Because they're kind of awesome. Also, very chill. Well, I mean, dragons. yeah, I mean, if you, if you could have a pet dragon. There's also, like, some lizard from like New Guinea that's mm-hmm. small that's dragon adjacent. I mean, yes. it's better than trying to keep a kangaroo a pet. It's true. These guys are assholes. A bearded dragon is generally smaller than a cat, unless it's really old. Or really fat. Or real fat. They get their name from that beard of spikes that appears under their neck. When in danger or angry, they puff out those spikes to make them look more threatening. <laughs> get away from me! Yes. There are six species of bearded dragon. They're all from Australia. They come in a variety of colors and sizes. Tend to be docile. They get even more chill as they age. And they apparently enjoy hanging out with humans. They eat mostly... Yeah, we feed them. Yes. They eat mostly insects and plants. And, like, of course, that's the thing that lives in Australia. Like, lizards are already pretty tough. There are a lot of places. What if we put spikes on it? Yes. Yeah, that is an Australian thing. They are do. pretty tough. There is also what's called a Chinese water dragon, native to East China, but they also inhabit Thailand, Cambodia, Burma, Laos, and Vietnam. Which is all in that same area. Yes. Tend to live in forests near freshwater lakes or streams, also a popular pet species. Now, unfortunately, they face population decline because they're not... There are bearded dragons which are raised in captivity. Do these not do well in captivity? No, almost all of the ones that are pets were wild caught. And so that's why there's a population decline. They can't breed them for... I'm not sure if they've tried. 
but almost all of them that are in the pet trade are wild caught in this okay. case. Most commonly, they are green, and they range from light to dark green with brown bands on their tail. Rough spikes and do have spines, although the males have more than females do. And they tend to feed on insects and are known for their ability to swim. They can dive into the water and are capable of standing underwater for around 90 minutes. Ooh, it's a long time. It's a long time. These are one of my favorites. These are called flying dragon lizards. Go on. Go on. So Draco lizards or Draco volans are a flying dragon. So they're only about eight and a half inches long. Teeny tiny. But they are able to fly. So fly as in glide. They have a flap of skin that will go is that, out. Is this what you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is between that guy? right under their front limbs. Look at that little guy. Climb up real high and then they will Just sail. Yeet. Yeah, they will yes. jump and then sail. I yeet myself into the air. They got a long whippy tail. They have a yep. very long whippy tail, which they actually whip back and forth to help to balance and okay. also help them direct where their flight goes. Amazing. They're how they steer. The fun thing is that even though they're little like this, there's about 40 species yeah. of Draco. A decent lizards. number of them. Yeah. Where do they live? Southeast Asia. Okay. So 40 different species, blue, red, brown, and orange. They spend most of their time just like flying or gliding from tree to tree. They will mostly eat insects, but they're also highly territorial about their trees and will chase other lizards they away. It's a little like lizard dewlap. Too. Yes, they yeah, do have yeah, a little yeah. lizard like dewlap. Flappy. Yeah, 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 yeah. They rarely go to the ground. They will deposit their eggs into soil. In the Philippines, species found in wooded areas, and it's abundant. They're just all over the place. They mostly eat ants and termites. One of the reasons that's like, if they find a good tree and they like that tree, they're like, this right. mine. And so the Draco lizard is as close as you get to sort of a real-life tiny dragon. Right. <laughs> like an actual, yeah. it is the only like really flying lizard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Flying for broad definition of the word flight. The same way as you know, flying squirrel flies. Well, I mean, it's the same thing that anything flies. It's following the style. Now we're getting sued by Disney. There's also, <laughs> they call them dragon-like looking lizards. There's a red-eyed crocodile skink. So it's only seven to nine inches long. Can be a popular pet. But it's also got that really spiny kind of look like yeah, the dragons yeah, yeah. do. But they have a red patch of skin around right. each eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which makes them look almost fanciful kind of looking dragon-like. And very alert. Very alert. Very, very awake. I'm up, I'm up, I'm, I'm up, up, I'm up. I swear I'm up. But they're also not all that big either. And they, much like other small lizards, mostly eat insects. Originally from New Guinea. You have a northern caiman lizard. This was included because its scientific name is Dracania guananesis. Semi-aquatic. Semi-aquatic and have sort of these really beautiful colors where they're red oh, on yeah. the head. And they sort of have yeah. an iridescent I think I've seen transition that too, so. down into sort of a bluish green. So head is red to orange, and then their body's this sort of tropical green. They will grow, or like, they're kind of beefy, because they'll be two to four inches around and weigh up to sort of ten pounds, and they live in South America. I mean, that's the size of like a small cat. They're like the size of a small cat. And they eat, they swim mostly, and so they eat a lot of snails, crawfish, turtles, Okay. That sort of thing. Love them some eggs. 
a lot of lizard work eggs. Man, they love them eggs. Well, I'm gonna steal that egg. I will say this armadillo girdled lizard is also pretty cool looking. Very spiny. Yeah. Very dragon looking. They are from South Africa. They're an armored lizard species that lives sort of in the desert. But the reason that they're called an armadillo is they will roll themselves into a ball and they will put their tail in their mouth. Then they roll around at the speed of sound. (laughs) Usually they will do this to protect themselves from predators. And since they're very similar to the color of sand, they're really hard to see. Constantly hunting for chili dogs. Yes. (laughs) They look kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog is what I'm going for here. Chili dogs. But they're only three and a half inches long. Yeah, but but tiny little lizards we got going Mm -hmm. on here. It's true. Like we said, planet got colder, dragons got smaller. Dragons got smaller. Well, man, I mean, they got like way smaller. They went the total opposite way. Like, what if we were went tiny? Well, I mean, at one point, some dragon was like, wait a minute, we're so big, everyone can find our lair because it's huge. What if we go small? It's just not so big, we go small. Then, then the lair, we can hide it anywhere. Yeah, this is a Philippine sailfin lizard. Because it has that's, a sailfin. That's yeah. a dinosaur. That lo- it looks that's like a straight-up dinosaur. The term is theropod? It is a tail and webbed feet... Sailfin, also called water lizards, Hydrosaurus, Pustulatus, and is also known as a crested lizard, found in several islands in the Philippines. Great swimmers. Basically, completely optimized for water. They also just straight up look like a dinosaur or a modern day dragon. Yeah, Spinosaurus. That was what I was thinking of. It has like the big sailfin. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's what that is. So oftentimes the species found hanging from trees and will dive into the water to avoid predators. Their skin sort of has a blotchy green or yellow pattern that helps with camouflage. They live in sort of near rivers and stuff. Then you also have marine iguanas, who just look like a straight-up dinosaur. Yeah. Godzilla. It's great at Godzilla, right? Yeah. Everybody, imagine Godzilla, but small. Well, yeah, he's small, and then you bomb him a couple then times. You then, you nuke, times. then you nuke him. Then you destroy his New York City. So marine iguanas are so they're native to the Galapagos and they're the only marine lizard species. So what I mean is like an actual like saltwater lizard, ocean going, ocean going right, species. Right. Believed evolved from the normal land iguana, but able to traverse when, the ocean's waters after a trip to Mars's vineyard and they lived on their yacht and then sure, but only in the summertime. I will say it's marine iguanas yeah. have been studied quite a bit just because they're one of the few animals we know of that can consume salt water and it not kill them. They can just expel the excess salt from their bodies. And we as humans, just because there's a lot of water on our planet, but only 3% of it is fresh water, would like to know how they do that. Yeah, so that we can do it. So that we so can that do we it. we can do it too. Tends to be they're almost all black. They do have really large spikes that are on their back, and they have very rough scales, which make them look a bit like a dragon. Also, they have very large and very sharp claws. You do not want to get grabbed by them. They will ace you open, like, a lot. I think about it, Godzilla is a dragon. Really. Oh, yeah. No, he is. Marine iguanas aren't able to breathe underwater, but they can die for Godzuki. around 30 to 40 minutes. Even though the sharp claws are kind of scary-looking, they use them to feed on algae while diving because they just scrape it off of rocks and stuff. I mean, they also have to hold on to rocks when they're getting, like, slapped by waves. It's true. There are bright colors that they can be, like blues and reds and greens, but those are only during mating season, and male iguanas sort of show those. So that's Taste the Rainbow has a whole different meaning. It really does. That's what you're telling me. 
They just go up and go, I was wondering. Yes. Craw? <laughs> Would you like to taste rainbow? Talked earlier about real big lizards, crocodiles and alligators and those sorts of things, but like the real big lizard that is also called a dragon is the Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon. It is the largest lizard in the world. Capable of growing up to 10 feet, heaviest record was weighed at more than 300 pounds. Holy shit! Technically, alligators and crocodiles are not lizards, right? They're their own thing. They are crocodiles. They are crocodiles. Crocodilians. They are a big reptile, but technically not a lizard. So, Komodo dragon, biggest lizard. Our meat eaters, obviously, can run up to 13 miles per hour. So, they're quite fast for their size. We have a 300 pound man running that fast. Yes. Very short bursts. And unlike some of our other lizards who are either scavengers or eat insects or other smaller things and stuff, these, no. They're predators. So, and not even like by ambush. They kill most of their prey by stalking and overpowering. Yeah, they're not waiting for it to fall into their nope. mouth like crocodiles often are. Mm-hmm. Right. No, they're hunting things. We, we, got, we got shit hunting. to do, man. Actively we, we, hunting. Do, do this now. And like water buffalo. Like, they don't mess around. This isn't like, hey, here's like a dog are, I can eat. Are, are Komodo dragons the ones that have like, their mouth is so diseased? Yes. Yeah, okay. They are capable of eating up to 80% of their body weight. And oh, if danger comes, they will puke up their food to make themselves lighter and quicker. Okay. So they're supermodels. The problem is, is that Lizard they, they only do that because the only other thing that can beat them up are other Komodo dragons. Sure. Yeah, they got to throw up so they can throw down. Yes. God. There's an image. A bite from a Komodo dragon is extremely painful and can kill a person within hours. Right. Teeth are sharp because they're used for ripping flesh. There is a venom that is secreted when they bite. However, it's usually not the venom that kills you. It's all of the nasty, nasty bacteria that live in their mouth. Right. They are considered as ruthless and as mythical as the actual folklore dragons most of the time. Males will fight by crashing into each other at full speed. Jesus. And trading tail whips. <laughs> just... And just biting, yeah. No, they just pound, 10 foot animals just slamming into one another. Jesus. I'd pay good money to see that. Very far away. Oh, now I'm unhappy because I'm now going to have to include that nonsense from earlier because juvenile dragons are sometimes cannibalized by larger lizards. So to co- so they cover themselves in excrement to avoid being eaten. Ha ha ha! The shit dragon. Vindicated. <sighs> they live in Indonesia. <laughs> there you go, everybody. I've seen a couple documentaries they- about Komodo dragons. They are scary. They're scary and they're nasty too. They like, are nasty. They are not nice at all. I know that there's unfortunately people who are like, I want an exotic pet, right? And this would be cool. And oh, these people have done it, and it was totally fine. This is not a thing nope. you can socialize. This is not a thing you can domesticate. This is not a thing you should get near. It is an apex predator. It is an apex predator. It will eat you. I'm just flipping through, like, skimming the, the wiki page for it, the Wikipedia page where it's like, they, not only is it like, yeah, they're going to chase stuff down. This is not like, you know, you watch, like, lions in documentaries. Like, they're right. like, they go for the back of the animal, little saber. Right. No, Komodo dragons go straight for the throat. Yeah. And, like, the stomach. Like, they are just going for kill. Yeah. Not wound and deal with it in a little bit. They're like, right. no, I'm grabbing this and it's dying. I don't have the time. I don't have the time for this. They have been recorded as... Killing wild pigs within seconds. And pigs are mean. Yeah. Pigs fight 
bad. Wild pigs. Yeah, will wild kill boars and people stuff. Yeah. Easily. But yeah, they do not deliberately allow prey to escape with fatal injuries, but try to outright kill them with lacerating damage and blood loss. Let's see. Tearing large chunks of flesh while holding the carcass down. Oh, yeah, here it is. A Komodo dragon may attempt to speed up the process of feeding by ramming the carcass against a tree <laughs> to force it down its throat. Oh, my God! Sometimes so forcefully, the tree is knocked down. <laughs> Also, apparently their saliva is red. Yeah, probably because of all the damn bacteria. And, like, blood. Um, but, yeah, it's at a point where, like, they have evolved a tube underneath their tongue that goes to their lungs. Like, so they can breathe while they eat. They're like the Cleons of the animal kingdom. A little bit. Glory to your house, indeed. But because of their slow metabolism, they can survive on as few as 12 meals a year. What? So it's 300 pounds, but it eats, like, once a month. But 80% of its body weight. So right, like, yeah. They're going to the buffet. Hitting that golden corral. They're hitting that golden corral. I do have to make a correction. Uh-oh. So previous studies had proposed that the Komodo dragon saliva had a variety of highly septic bacteria that helped bring down prey. Okay. But there was research in 2013 that suggests the, the bacteria in the mouths of Komodo dragons are actually ordinary and similar okay. to other carnivores and have pretty good mouth hygiene. Quotes up one of the authors, after they're done feeding, they will spend 10 to 15 minutes lip-licking and rubbing their head in the leaves to clean their mouth. So unlike people led to believe, they don't have chunks of, like, rotting flesh <laughs> from their meals and their teeth cultivating bacteria. I mean, considering some of the other behavior that they've been known to do, mm-hmm. you can understand why we thought that. Yes. Basically, what they found is researchers isolated a powerful sort of antibacterial peptide from blood plasma of Komodo dragons, is effective at killing drug-resistant bacterial strains and even some fungi, Mm. because they couldn't figure out why these things which eat a lot of carrion, and also, like, why do they never seem to be sick? And it's because they've got this super blood stuff. They ain't got time to be sick. And there was some thought that because they're also a type of monitor lizard, Mm -hmm. some of them are venomous, and for a while they thought that they just had these really nasty bacterial-filled mouths, and that's what killed things. Now, they actually do have venom, and they were able to demonstrate that they do have a venomous bite because there are two glands in the lower jaw that has several different types of toxic proteins that are involved in inhibiting blood clotting, lowering blood pressure, muscle paralysis, induction of hypothermia, and shock and loss of consciousness in envenomated prey. I love, I love how evolution was just like, all right, we're going to make this one mean. Yeah, real, basically. We're going to make this one real fucking mean. So I think it was it was missed just because before we, when we thought of venom, we would think of the type that you see in sort of very venomous snakes where right. it's like almost immediately you get muscle paralysis right. or things. Whereas this is something that takes a while. Yes. So it used to be there were, like, different neurotoxin ones. There were different paralytic ones. And then over time, it's like, oh, there's also venoms. Because venoms are made up of different types of proteins, which inhibit things in their host. But there are also venoms, which are hemolytic, which means it's like, hey, you just bleed out. Yeah, your blood cells just fall apart and explode. Komodo dragons have one of those. 
Ooh. So that's, that's where, like, you, know, you see something get bit and then, like, blood just pours out of everywhere. That's hemolytic. It's not good. Yeah. Those kill you slower. <laughs> right. Well, but since they're going for lacerations, there's lots of places, places for blood to come out. Places come out. Right. So it might not be all that much slower. I think one of the reasons that they didn't discover the venom thing until much later is just because, as you said, there's lots of lacerations, so this thing bleeds out. It's going to die anyway. Relatively quickly. So it's like, yeah, so as you said, evolution's like, what if we just made it really mean? Yeah. Oh, and then just to add weirdness, because we need to with this creature... So after eating 80% of its body weight in one meal, it drags itself to a sunny location to speed digestion, as food could rot and poison it if it was left undigested for too long. However, after digestion, Komodo dragon regurgitates a mass of horns, hair, and teeth, known as a gastric pellet covered in malodorous mucus. So like, an owl pellet, but from a 300-pound lizard. Jesus Christ. Because <laughs> so it just eats everything whole. Yeah, there's a breath weapon. We finally found it. Nasty horns and hair and teeth. Yak them up. Leave them for liquor. This thing is like the frat boy of, of the natural kingdom. A little bit. Big shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of goofy looking. Like monitor lizards are just like you know, the American bulldog, but lizard. Like the big strut and shoulders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of yeah. like, like, I can barely fit through away. the doorway. I'm coming. Yeah, I think that probably covers... Biology and like yeah, I, mean, I think so. And of all the of all that's the things the, we've named, dragon and the animal. Or that's probably the, that's the most apropos. This yeah. is like probably the closest. This is probably the closest. Now I will say like we've we've named a lot of things dragon to the point of like entire classes of like soldiery were named dragon or dragoon. Dragoon, yeah. But it came from dragon, which was a type of like basically a short blunderbuss. The sawed-off shotgun of the smoothbore right. world. They called it a dragon because when it they fired, it belched fire from its mouth. And they, get, they take a halberd, halberd and they jump really high. Exactly. Got a really dark armor. Yeah, you got to fit in the Final Fantasy reference joke every, you know, every, a, every now and then. Every now and then. But yeah, like, okay, here's this powerful cavalryman with this fire-breathing gun. We're going to call them dragons. Yeah. But this is dope. Like, dragon is sort of like the ultimate playground creature, it feels like, where it's just like, uh, you know, I'm going to make him a monster to fight you, and like, oh, it's got big teeth and claws and, uh, like, I mean, wings, go, and it can fly, and, like, it breathes fire. I, I, yeah, I, I, I will go one step further and say it's the most heavy metal. And I mean, yeah, metal, metal bands, dragons, yeah, thing. Like, there's songs about dragons, stage decorations of dragons. Dragon Force, I mean, my God, it's a band thing. There's a band like, name. It's out there. It's everywhere. Like, dragons are a big thing. That's part of the reason, like, it's such an, an odd topic to cover. Like, if we really did a deep dive, we could just have a whole podcast that was just dragons. Like, we, we 50 probably, episodes on dragons. Yeah we, yeah, we could probably do, like, several, several episodes. But, and like, we will! No. <laughs> it's definitely one of those things where it's like, yeah, we want to cover it. Because, like, yeah, they're dragons. You, you kind of have to. But, like, man, it's... Because it's such a mythological creature only... In a lot of ways. Right. Like, we've named things after... We created this mythology, and then we're like, this animal is really ridiculously vicious and mean and deadly. We're going to call it... We're going to call it this mythological thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, it is an Ouroboros, a dragon in and of itself. But this, but this might be... Like, the world serpent. Like, this is something yeah. that is deep in the human this, psyche. This, this might be the creature that we could find the least... Like sort of concrete, uh, concrete thing. antecedents in nature 
to the D&D model of it. In a universe where dragons are real, they'd have to be warm-blooded. Right. They're going to be very tough. They survive basically everywhere in some variety. And the biggest thing they have to worry about is other dragons. I mean, that's a lot of reptiles. Yes. Like, the biggest predator for most reptiles is other reptiles. That are bigger. Yeah, that are bigger. Yeah. Or like birds of prey, which if we go back to birds are dinosaurs, and like we use the term raptor to describe many birds of prey mm-hmm. and to describe a whole class of dinosaurs that are viciously rending things with sharp claws. And are very clever girls. And are very clever girls with great eyesight. Yep. Yeah. The biggest predator of reptiles is other reptiles, effectively. Right. Yeah. When you are a small baby dragon, you're going to get eaten by much bigger, older, angrier, smarter dragon. Like, that's one of the big things with, like, the age class in right. dragons. And, and a lot of, like, older editions of D&D, like, even PCs were, like, as you got older, your strength would go down, but your intelligence would go up. Right. That was yeah. just a thing. It's gone away after third edition, pretty yeah. much. But, like, the dragons kind of kept that. Where, like, the young ones, it's like, they're not stupid, but they usually sure. aren't super high intelligence. Right. Whereas and the ancient ones are like... You get an ancient worm, and he's like, oh... They're conniving. Yeah. But they're not just intelligent. Like, they're manipulative. They've got that yeah. long, but, but long game. But their other stats don't go down, because much like other big lizard... Particularly yeah. magical big lizard. They're just going to get magical. bigger. They just get bigger and right. meaner. They just get bigger and, and meaner. Bigger. So yeah, it's like, how do you include a dragon in your game? However you damn well want. Yeah, It's a want. dragon. Right? Like, these things exist, and to the point of like... Because some of them are shapeshifters. The famous example of a good dragon entity is to receive a visit from Bahamut himself in the guise of an old man Yes, and his cage of canaries. He's just an old man, just a regular, jovial, wonderful, eccentric old man that you really don't want to make an enemy of. Well, sure. Because he's a literal deity. Right. And all those canaries are like, oh, cute, he has birds. No, those are four ancient gold dragons. You want the ultimate just F you. People are like, oh, the Tarrasque. Oh, you know, super high. No. Give your party an old man and his cage of birds. Especially if they're murder homos. They'll find something stupid to piss this dude off. And just like, guess what? You are now fighting the father of dragons and his four drinking buddies. Sure. I mean, good luck. I'd go so far as to say is not only, you know, how do you fit uh, dragons into your campaign. It's like, you kind of have to at some point. Eventually, there will be dragon. Even Eventually. just a side thing. Dragons just show up. It's like, the, the, kind of their whole deal. I don't know if I've ever played a campaign where there wasn't some at some point a dragon yeah. that you have to deal with. So it becomes a matter of not how do, but when do you fit in a dragon? Which like, is where that variance in terms of age goes, goes comes into place. You can slot them in wherever, like a young, you know, wormling. The young, the young, so wormlings are something that you could probably do. You could almost chuck it like a, a basic starting adventure. I was going to say sub, sub-level sub 5, that first tier, you could do, in fact, you could probably go so far as to say that you each, like each dragon at level 5 might be horrible. Uh, it's doable. Uh, it's not I, great. It's not I would probably do level 5, that tier 2. I would probably say wormlings are tier 1. Young Dragon is tier 2, level 5 through 11. Adult would be 11 and up. And then those ancient worms, you got to be at least level 17. But that's also like, you want a dragon where you're not going to fight it, 
but you want him to be there, yeah, you're going to throw the adult and the ancient. Like, those are the ones that yeah, have no, the yeah. smarts. If it's, if the, it's the a non-combat situation, then yeah, go ahead and go wild and throw out the... Yeah. But also, like, the people outside of your PCs, like, you're in a town, and it's just, like, you know, I sort of jokingly mentioned it pretty pretty early in the episode. I was like, put a sheep on, like, a 50-foot pole. It's a sacrifice. Right. No, like, literally, just do that. Put a right. sheep, they take a goat carcass, and they put it on a big pole... And the dragon flies by and, and snags it, and then he doesn't burn the village down. Like that's, and that's the, the other thing. The other thing about there's a versatility to them because they've so clearly documented like behavioral patterns oh, yeah. and how varied they are with each individual or you know different kinds. Just pick the kind of dragon that you need for the kind of thing you, you need it to do. Yeah. Do you want the jokey, funny dragon? Right. Do you want the weird, ascetic dragons? Do you want yeah. you know the classic fire-breathing monster? Yeah, do you, you want? You can find a dragon for just about any kind and anywhere. Like, oh, yeah, this is a right. village deep in the mountains, and there's an ancient evil living in the the caverns that howls down. It's like, yeah, it's a yeah, it's it's dragon. old yep. white dragon, and of course. Feel free to use the environment to your advantage oh, yeah. also to help it make it a bit more cinematic because, I mean, I they love... Have, they have regional effects yes, for their layers. They so. have regional effects for their layers. And I, they're smart. They're, and they're cunning smart. combatants. Sure. I loved how they did Smog in yeah. The Hobbit, right. right? On making him immense. And he knew it. Just amazingly huge. You know. This isn't, I'm a big thing, kind of blundering around, like, no, he threw his weight around. Yeah. He right. knew, like, my back foot is here, you don't see it hidden in this mountain of gold, and ha gotcha. Like, of course, dragons are smart. And to live that long, be that old, they're conniving. They're going to, this is the time where, like, not to be adversarial with a party, but to be like, yeah. They're gonna hide under a snowbank as a big, uh, an ancient right. white dragon. Like that big he- that hill. No, that's not a hill. That's the dragon. You just walked up on its back and it let you. It didn't care. You can't hurt it. But the moment you step foot at the far end, and you're like, ah, boom, breath weapon. Sure, combat go. Like it's this is a chance to really tactically play with a single enemy because often, again, legendary resistance, legendary actions, especially the ancient and adult ones, they're right. big. You're going to get multiple turns. They're not going to get locked down in action economy easily. And feel free to, you know, play around with some of the concepts of the, what if it's a bit like a cat that plays with its food? Yeah, it's going to hit and run tactics. Makes sense here. Also, dragons, they don't want to fight to the death. Right. Definitely going to be a creature that, They're going to deal and deal, or they're going to run. They'll cut and run and get a bigger. is Is run away. Opportunity attacks? My AC is 23. I don't give a crap. You right. can't hit me. I'm just going to fly away. You're not people. Yeah. That is a common thing that you see in D&D. I think, I think it happens in Critical Role mm-hmm. at some point in the first campaign where they fought one down to almost dead. They just bailed. And then, it just, and then it bailed. And then they followed it because they weren't fighting it in its lair. The whole point was to eventually get to where it is in its lair. If it's in its lair, that's the point where it makes the stand. But in its lair is like you're gonna get lair action. Then it's gonna be even worse. Yeah. Regional effects. Yeah, like all that. Some stuff. of them, I think, that's like you know, where they may not have innate spell casting. Like their lair, but their lairs gives them, will do them. Yeah, will do things like. And that. they're gonna have traps. They're gonna have yeah. preparations. They're gonna have weird tunnels and decoy entrances and like bolt holes. I mean, that's the thing. They'll make a stand. 
until they don't have to. They'll leave. Like, right. oh no, what are you going to take? A magic stick? Great. Bye. I got, I got four of them. I'll get, yeah, I'll I'll get another up. one later. Well, no. I want that back. Yeah. You'll leave because you're like, back. we yeah. beat the dragon. We got the magic stick. Give me two days. Yeah, I'll come back. I'll find you because I'm faster than you and toy with you and get my magic stick and go home. And if you have a bard in your party, then you can romance the dragon. Yeah. That's also an option. Romancing the dragon. Romancing the dragon. It's a great book. We can't use any of this. Huh? <laughs> no. We can't use most of it. We can't, well, most of it we can't use. No. I mean, but yeah, that's the thing. It's just like, how do you incorporate dragons? However you want. I mean, dragons right. are, they're such a persistent, like, you, you don't have to have dragons at all. You can play Dungeons and Dragons with no dragons. It's yeah, not but that's kind of... No, it's just dungeons. It's all dungeons. Yeah, it's, campaign it's, and it's original never Dungeons and Dragons. All Dungeons, no dragons. dragon. I'd be like, that's a jib. That's a that's a. Ah uh, man, I didn't have any dragons in our campaign. Well, you did. You did. I mean, is Draco Lich not dragon? I get fair. <laughs> Which again, yeah, I mean that's the point. Oh, it's a, a dark horror game. Great, now it's a skeleton dragon. It breathes necrotic damage. Even worse. Yeah, no, Dra- Draco Lich is the only I guess, one. I guess, I guess it I guess if it's like it's yes, still I dragon. didn't have a I didn't have the classical dragon necessarily, but But yeah, it's definitely one of those like mix it in like and it can be a flavor thing, like in the background for a long time, hinting at the people gather their sacrifices or like, oh, we're rebuilding this hut or what have you know. You've got your central town that the party takes your pride in being a part of and they're good citizens. And they come back from an adventure and, like, half the town's burned down. It's like, what happened? Yeah. It's like, oh, dragon. Yeah. And it's not even a problem. They're just like, well, you know, we saved who we could. A couple people died. And, like, yeah, we got to build four houses again because they got torched. Yeah, but, you like, could have a whole power-up. What, what are you going to do? It's a dragon. Yeah. Power-up montage, right, where it's like, we're, we're going to save with the Training to kill the dragon. A, a dragon is a force of nature. Yeah. Like, there's a there's probably, if insurance policies exist in the Forgotten Realms, it's like... <laughs> we're, not of, paying, we're not paying out for dragon damage, damn you. No active deity, no active dragon, no right. active wizard. Like, those aren't covered. When a wizard did it, then go find the wizard. Make right. them solve their issue. If the dragon burns your town down, I'm sure they got strike a deal. I'm, sh- you know, I'm like sure that wizard has liability insurance. Oh, of course. Of course. It's like Stand. every doctor. No, that's clerics. Clerics have the liability they, insurance. Yeah, yeah. The, Wizards are the back alley guy with like a trench coat full of organs. The, the, yeah, the insurance for clerics is I got a guy. <laughs> I got a guy. I got a guy. The guy's like a deity. We're good. This is all covered. I just have to roll exactly right on my divine intervention check. It's fine. No, no, no. That's the layers of bureaucracy to get to the insurance. Just cut off the rails. But yeah, like the dragons are just. There, like people would treat them like weather at a certain extent. Like, yes, we're in yeah. fear of it, the same way that humans fear a tornado, a hurricane, a thunderstorm. They suck. People die. They're harmful. But you can't do much about them. They just happen. Their their layers are far off in, in remote areas because when they were close to a town, at some point someone said, "Let's just move the goddamn town." Yeah, just to get away. They tried fighting the dragon. That went poorly. So they just move the town. And they just move the town. That one's abandoned. And that's the other thing. Like, oh, you're going down the road and there's an abandoned village. Why? Because there's a dragon layer like a yeah, mile, mile from here. down there. They used to live there. And so, and that's and probably the other way, too. Like, dragons got sick of getting shot at and heroes showing up and interrupting their naps. So they're just like, I'm out of here. I'm going out in the wilderness. Because I can still get to the village. Yeah. Now it's a 15-minute flight instead of a 5-minute flight. Whoa, no. 
but they leave me alone out here. When I was up there, they're begging me for things. They're trying. Some of them are trying to worship me. There's these little lizard dudes that think they're dragons called kobolds. They keep bugging me. <laughs> There's so many of them. And they never stop talking. And they they build traps, but they're substandard. And you don't and you don't try to memorize their names because they're not going to live that long. They die too quickly. They die too quickly. They don't taste good, frankly. They're bony. Humans at least taste good. All all, all they're all tendons. It's all it's all just tendons and skin. Tendons and skin. skin. And teeth. We can't use any of this. It's fine. I'm sure it's <laughs> partly nonsensical. But yeah, I mean, like, to wrap back around, I think kind of get to the, the point. It's like, yeah, how do you build in dragons in Dungeons and Dragons? Any way you want. If you don't know how to put a dragon in Dungeons and Dragons, are you playing Dungeons and Dragons? Well, you know. Especially, like, again, 5th edition. If you really want dragons, if you are horny on main for dragons, there's a book that's just dragons. Just dragging them out there. Just whoosh. Hey, excuse me while I whip this out. 200 pages of dragons. Go ham. And again, there's examples of behavior, of layers, that give, like, here's the oldest and, and most powerful of each kind. And there's, you know, shadow dragons. That, like, there's nutso stuff in there. And all of it gives you, like, here it is. We consider it all with goofy scenarios. A lot of stuff's out there. Dragons are... are Beast. Shall we wrap up there? I think so. Just one more shit dragon for the room. That can <laughs>Thanks everyone for listening. All questions, comments, or topics for future episodes, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at nat20pod or email us at natural20podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Ember's Tide for our intro and outro music. As well, thank you to Burnham with three M's for our beautiful profile and banner artwork. And thanks to Matt Will Jackson for editing our rambling. He listens to our mistakes so you don't have to selecting only the most premium nonsense for your listening pleasure. And thanks to all of you, our listeners. We hope you'll keep rolling a natural 20.